Uh, this episode is brought to <laughs> brought to us by our sponsor, CoolPugGames.com. <laughs> Visit CoolPugGames.com for all your pug game needs, mm. including Pug Pong and uh, Puggy Clicker <laughs> and soon Flappy Pug. <laughs> it's nice. For years, I toiled along with subpar pug products, and yeah. I've been now waiting haven't we all? and waiting. It's the universal I conundrum. Mean, yeah. And when this when this site finally became available, it was like uh, it was like an answer to decades of prayer. It was manna from heaven. It was. It was. Welcome to Let the Music Be Your Master. Boy, it's been quite a while. Too it's long. A, it's been a hot minute, as they say. We were furloughed. Yeah. Is that uh, the word? We had a exciting episode. Uh, let me let me pause this. Gosh dang, I'm not used to having my laptop so far away. Maybe it doesn't need to be paused. It just stops. Okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, I had an exciting episode last time. With a little, things got a little spicy, so we we had to take a break. We had to take a break and uh, reestablish our, our friendships and our boundaries, <laughs> which which are clearly which are clearly uh, better than they've ever been at this point. Now Let that we're in Brandon's people, yeah. bed, yeah, look, at, look look onto uh, the website for some some behind the scenes photos. <laughs> Those won't get posted. Maybe no, they'll get leaked. No. Maybe maybe the North Koreans will hack us. Once, once they find out that we're ridiculing their dictator, they're going to hack us and share our compromising <laughs> photos of behind the scenes. <clears throat> the uh, the last episode we sent uh, H Tuttle off. I ran into H Tuttle and his family at the uh, pickleball courts by my house shortly after, and uh, and and said hello to them. And, and you uh, duped it out there. You fit. You he had his tag on, and he was there to to play pickleball. No, nice. I was uh, I was I was mostly polite. Yeah. And he had his his belt with the the buckle that said "Winner of yeah. the Champion." Bob, yeah, Battle he Royale. told me he told me he hasn't removed it since. So nice, wow. <laughs> okay, should we get into this? Let's get into you this. Can we feel got the energy. We got an exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot caffeine, how to do guys. this. Jordan <laughs> was right. We Wait, forgot how to do this. What happens next? I think Brandon's supposed to cue up uh, the wrong clip. section of uh, a little clip. <laughs> the wrong section of a song. Let's do that. Just sing Steve, it. Steve, Steve, tell us something good, will you? You will bet. You bet. Yeah. Tell me <laughs> Classic. So the tell me something good I want to share. If any, if if any of you listeners out there, and I know my fellow podcasters here, we we have children. Uh, it's you kind of check in with the kids sometimes, see what they're listening to, you know. And for me, it's always fun to do that with my sons Max or Jack, and they kind of lay stuff on me that they're listening to. So this this hint comes from Jack, and I think he just got you know some algorithm or or Spotify suggestion or whatever through this band Adam from other stuff he was listening to. The band is Destroy Boys, a band I believe based in L.A. And uh, I just, I'll pick one track, give, give it a listen, and, and I'll just, that'll be it. 
I threw glass at my friend's eyes, and now I'm on probation. That's the name of the song. <laughs> So this is this is the song that you got from your kids. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I was lukewarm until the profanity. That's when it won me over. <laughs> what year? What year is that, Steve? Is Apologies. That, is that current? It's got kind of a, a like a, a a West Coast punk from the from the eighties feel, where it's that uh, kind of fun conversational. I was thinking Dead Milkman. Little Dead Milkman, even a little uh, suicidal tendencies. Right. Mm-hmm. All I wanted. Was a Coke or what? Pepsi. It, what a Pepsi. Dead gummit. That's <laughs> <laughs> not Pepsi, but you wouldn't give it to me. Um, yes, it's it's 2017 that one, but it is you you nailed it. It's it's L A West Coast nice. punk, mm-hmm. you know. So it's kind of like the next generation and. A lot of the I, I love the female vocals. That's always that's a kind of a yep. fun surprise sometimes with punk uh, and uh, the. A lot, the 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 conversation mixed in with the uh, singing, um, the who, kind who of it think? kind of really feels like a high school perspective yeah. too. Is what's what's what with a lot of times, and I I know they're I think they're pretty young. I'm not sure that they're still in high school now, but uh, I think that it's kind of you know it, it's a band that obviously formed in high school or before, and they've just been jamming for a while. So who are we thinking for that, Max? Uh, Jack. Jack. This thanks nice. goes out to Jack. Well done, Jack. Thank you, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Destroy yeah. Boys. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the content. Uh, Jack, if you're listening to this, let's <laughs> let's have a... I'm curious if it's hey, it, Destroy... It's it fits the genre, though. I mean, suicidal <laughs> tendencies, I'm guessing they had some content. No. No, it was uplifting. Yeah. Is it Destroy Boys? Or? Des- yeah, Destroy name, Boys. Yeah, Destroy Boys from the, the album Des- Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy Boys, yes, that's nice. Right. That is really the okay. album name. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It is. It's a it's a genre I've been practicing that I uh, that I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got. I mean, times of the essence. That's why I just said I'm picking one song. Let's go. Roll Here we on. go. That was good. Right. Check them out. Let's, Let's go. It. It the is, topic. It Take is it currently away, the year 2021, and Indeed. it's almost finished. So we ha- we had to nip this in the bud and get it done while we still could. We are celebrating the 50th anniversary of a great year in rock music, yes. or the greatest a great year. year. Some say the greatest. I'm, that's a that's a tall. I mean, that's a debatable thing, but it's a but pretty some great do year. Say do you say some that, do. Brandon? Some do say it. It's hard to argue. Do you say that? Uh, I'll say it. Yeah. 
I feel like I said it in our 70s episode. I feel like I said 71 or 72 has got to be the best year ever. Album for album. You stack these up. We're not going to give it away. I can tell Jordan's tempted right now to list all the albums up front. <laughs> He's getting ready to Let list the ones. Away. We'll He's getting ready to list the ones that he didn't pick or that he <laughs> almost picked. I'm just going to give yours list. away. So Jason is thinking of, and Brandon is probably planning to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if, if, if you were to just put up a, a list of all the albums come out this year, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, there's it's a incredible. couple good ones. Two so or three. In, in celebration of that, uh, I, I tasked each of each of you, each of us, to create a personal playlist uh, representing 1971 as the year a year in music. Ten song playlist or mixtape or whatever. Um, but we're thinking instead of each of us sharing all those in order, which would take forever, it might it might make for this the longest episode in our in our uh, catalog, which would be something. That would be a feat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. From from our individual 10-song playlists, we will each uh, nominate four songs, but we're going to go around in order. We're going to create a... Are, are we going to disclose each of our individual playlists first and mm-hmm. say, this is what I picked? No. I don't think so. We'll do that at the end. Okay. We'll do that at the end. That so. gives it a little more attention yeah. of that sense of like... Because uh, the listeners don't want it all given away. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Know. All right. Yeah. The anticipation. So we'll, we'll build a 16-song playlist together in real time. And maybe there'll be some argument about so, it. Okay, so this is the golden album of 1971. That's what it is. That we're shooting out into outer space for the aliens to get. Yeah. And uh, this is going to be the best of. But we want to, the way I approached it, and you tell me if I did this wrong, which I probably did. Um, we want to be respectful of the art form of the album. So we, we're not just necessarily saying like, this is punch for punch, all the Hall of Famers. This is trying to manufacture a, a cohesive album where we consider opening track, we consider a, an imaginary B-side closer, deep cut on the B-side, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Billboard has already released a greatest hits of 1971, so we don't need to duplicate that. All right, let's do so, this. So, and then there's a there's no rule of of uh, duplicating artists. Like you can duplicate artists if you want to be that guy. I think that's <laughs> what you put in your email. That like, hey, there might be some duplicates because of how good the some of the albums are. Well, or are you changing that? No, I was saying like in our own ten song lists. Right. I'm sure we'll have some overlap. But sure. I would think in this sixteen so song collaborative in the draft one, order, we are representing the order of tracks. So if Jordan goes first, he is the opening track yeah. of the album yeah. and he should consider that. So he needs a real banger. Yeah. Okay. Or or if you want to be like all Death Cab for Cutie on us, you can start with a a uh, really sad song. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might so I'm going first. I'll re- I'll do it. I'll kick us off. Well that was a hypothetical if. Jason's nervous. He's like, I can't trust the first <laughs> leadoff batter to Jordan. I don't know if he's gonna do this I'm definitely, right. He's definitely nervous. nervous. Let's uh, let's see if I can do it. should I go? Let's do it. Okay. Go for it, Jordan. I'm gonna go and and uh how do we start off? How do we introduce the, uh, the well, population this, of nineteen. Do you, know, you want to? Is it? Do you want to jump right into it? Do you want to give any brief overview of seventy one? Like throw out artist <laughs> names that were 
that we're doing this or we're just going to throw the tracks out and see what we did. Because there will inevitably be misses. Yeah. Um, do you want any commentary want on, set the, up 1971 on the year? Of- let's, let's set it up. What, what was leading up to, to this year? I mean, the 60s in music was phenomenal. And you it had, changed a ton from early '60s to late both, '60s. Was just yeah, such a both both the technology and just the kind of music that was being made. Um, but by '69, I mean the Beatles had broken up. So gosh, you know what are we going to do? It's like the death knell for for music. <laughs> music is over. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully they individually kept making music. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm expecting at least can, eight can of these I, picks will be. Can I mention the Beatles solo stuff. invented and saved 1971? Yeah, I, I think remember. that's what we need to get that. <laughs> I get that on the record. That. They did invent 1971. It's fun to listen to Brandon talk and think like, how is he trying to like go? You know, Jason and, and Jason just sitting there not saying anything. <laughs> you can hear me. He's waiting, he's waiting. I don't mind mentioning there. Like, there's a couple big albums. They may or may not come up, but like. Can I just mention a couple? I don't think it'll spoil anything. This is the year of like four. This Jason is the year of can do it. Fingers. This Jason. is the year of like. I mean, we already we've talked about, but this is like there were massive like career defining, but also albums considered all time all time great. In fact, one of the albums Brandon has has suggested may even be the greatest album of all time. And and so there was this kind of nexus of I think a lot of styles of music, a lot of innovation, and a lot of artists that are, were kind of hitting their um, their artistic peak, apex mountain for them. And uh, I think you said career defining. I think even genre defining. Yeah. And to throw out that word, we love right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, there's also something you know Woodstock in 1969 and just the the whole kind of hippie revolution kind of starting to become mainstream but then the dark side of that where a lot of these guys were like really struggling with drug addiction there was a lot of overdoses of uh when did Jimi hendrix die was that i'm not sure 70 or but but then there was uh, marilyn manson right and that was right in even in 69 or 70 charles manson yeah sorry charles yeah. manson Thank so you. confused there we go justin Thank you. bieber justin oh, bieber um metal was was coming into its own Mm-hmm. Uh, funk, funk was, was coming in. I noticed oh, a yeah. lot of singer thematically. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of drug influence stuff, but then there was also there's some unbelievable like still relevant social commentary albums where mm-hmm. the 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 whole theme of the album was was built around social commentary of the times, and uh, it, it it is it's a really cool moment. Like I, it is it's fascinating to try to figure out. What caused the whole scene across across genres to kind of be hitting this this really artistic high point? But yeah, I, I think of it as like the the drug fueled like late sixties, and then there's like the reality. Like people are still doing drugs in seventy one, but there's to me there's like a soulfulness and a melancholy in a lot of the stuff I uh, I was drawn to from 71 and there was a soulfulness not just soul genre it was a great year for that genre but also other genres i feel like some of like the rolling stones most soulful stuff was on that album and like and there's like a there's like an authenticity and like kind of a a deep a depth that you know maybe wasn't there in some of the previous years in my 
am I, uh, and I mean, we'll talk more about what's going on in other albums, but. All right. Yeah. Speaking of melancholy, here we go, Jordan. Start here we go. this out. We're going against melancholy because it's the first song. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull that. And so my first song is, um, Gil Scott Heron. Um, the revolution will not be televised from pieces of a man. For the record, part of our golden record. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it needs to be on there. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Schaefer Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. Were a lot of things being uh, starred by Natalie Wood and Steve McQueen at those times? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Bullet? West Side Story? Mm. Uh, is this the beginning of hip-hop? Um, I don't the precursor know, to but it? it's definitely I, it, an influence. It is. You had, if I remember right, this is me completely off the top of my head. I think he was, what was their name? Was it the Lost the Lost. Poets. Lost Poets, yeah. I think he was kind of uh, connected to that group that that a lot of people consider the kind of the the grandfathers of hip hop. Um, there was a guy named Lightning Rod that came out of that group as well that released an album that kind of became what most people I think consider like the birthplace of hip hop. But yeah, they had this kind of beat poetry style, but it was very very connected to the music. Mm-hmm. This is a good pick. I like this, George. I had I had not I had not considered this one, but uh, I say it's a good opening track. What yeah, do you guys say? Yeah, yeah. And I know J- Jason, you picked this for our '70s yep. golden record, and I couldn't remember. I thought it probably was, but I just thought that that would be my opening pick for my '71 album. It sets the stage, definitely. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's d- got different such a vibe than bouncy, what, what I was thinking of, but funky uh, kind of I like it thing, and yeah, that's me, Gil Scott Heron. I don't have any more info on it to to give. I just the music speaks for itself. Steve, are you ready? Do you? I hope so. How, man. Do, how do you follow that up? What's a what's a second track to 1971? Do we? So that's what I was just trying to play through my mind. So for look, first of all. I'm in, you guys have answered some of my questions, but I'm coming into this episode with some questions. Like, You're the only one of us that was alive in 1971, Steve. Come on. That's right. I, you know, I was two years old. I started, started hitting the clubs, started hitting the scene. So, uh, you know, I was young, but... Yeah. <laughs> and my guess is you feel somewhat about the 70s as we did about the 80s. Like, it wasn't that very cool when you were in high school. That's exactly right. It's a blind spot for me, and it's something that I've had to go back and rediscover. for so it, long, it was so lame. Well, it, it's because, yeah, the, the, you know, the British invasion and all that stuff, in the, especially the later, the, the, the last half of the 60s decade, is just like, uh, I really got into, even, even 
I, I mean, in, in college and some before. And then, uh, of course, you know, late 70s, punk and new wave and everything that's coming in. That's that's kind of my bread and butter. So that this early 70s and everything is, is a bit of a blind spot for me. And also, I just wonder, I, I'm naturally skeptical of the notion of this was the greatest year in rock. You know sure. what I mean? Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm naturally skeptical of that. Um, the, you know, of trying to discount current practices by saying, "Oh, it was better the good old days," you know, or it was well, better I back think, then. Can anything really be better than 1994? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. You know? um, yes. Uh, so the 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 thing I'm interested to hear from you guys is like, is it is it the best? You know, potentially the greatest year because of like quantity just sheer quantity like like stacking up the great albums like does does the quantity beat out other years or is there also something fundamental about the the innovation that changed because for 71 as i was kind of trying to go to it yeah i mean i see the quality there and i see the quantity of great albums but like I'm seeing like, well, you know, a lot of the innovations in terms of like recording techniques and the Moog synthesizer and whatever else, they've been around for a while. Uh, We see albums by artists who have been around for a while. So it's like not. And anyway, I'm I'm, I'm interested. Can I can I throw out just a quick little thing that my hypothesis in terms of why this might be different? I mean, I always said, okay, you're 10 years older than us. We grew up in the 90s. I really think there is this temperament thing in the 90s where, like, authenticity, like, genuineness, some, yeah. you know, the singer-songwriter thing, this kind of like, what's you, what are you really, the honesty? And so I think the early 70s and mid-70s speaks to that uh, in, a, in a way and, right. and connects with kids who grew up in the 90s. Whereas if you were, if what was cool in the 80s was more performative, was more, like, uh, more distant more kind of you know disconnected from like trying to be authentic. You're saying Devo doesn't have that raw authenticity. Yeah, well, well it's but, different. Yeah, no, it's I, like I, what's I get, cool changes, you know. Well, but and yeah, I, obviously, what you're saying connects with certainly a lot of you know people that I, I know are going to end up on our list and that are on my list. The authenticity, the singer, singer songwriter, but but you know, prog rock is pretty yeah. huge then yeah. and that, that's true. I, I do maybe wonder, veering like, towards I, the I artificial at, uh, and the kind of you know. I, I yeah. looked at lists like greatest albums and then i looked at like greatest songs and then i looked at the billboard lists and the billboard lists of like hot songs it didn't do that much for me it was like no different than billboard of any other year like i didn't look at that in that list and go this oh, is wow, the best this year of songs. This is a benchmark but when year. i looked okay. at like lists of albums so it does make mm, me wonder if yeah. maybe this was like the high point for the album mm. as an art form or where, a high point at least yeah, right? where like a, a, an artist can put out this this creative thing in the form of an album and if you consider like what i think a lot of people would would list out as like greatest albums of all time this one definitely has a a really high concentration of those right well and i'll say like looking at my personal list a lot of these songs i either wasn't listening to when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. or i wasn't aware of uh it's more like com- coming back to it. Right, as you've become an re- adult. Rediscovering it. I, th- I think there's more of a maturity to a lot of these things, at least the ones that, that you know, album-wise show up on the, this kind of thing. So it's not necessarily appealing to the 
the 90s or the 80s teenagers. Did we buy you enough time to be able to make a pick? <laughs> Steve scrolling got, through. I'm the one that said I got to be out of here at a certain time, and now I keep taking us on these detours. But no, I. That, that's all Come interesting on, Rick, discussion. There's, there's an obvious so, choice here. Just make the obvious choice. Oh, geez. <laughs> you made there's it harder there's for one me. song that's. It has to be, huh? It needs to be played right now. Can you do it? Can you do it, Steve? <laughs> How about Joni Mitchell, A Case of You? For track number two, Steve? That's beautiful. I love it. It is. It is. Let's gotta, do it. Okay. got to bring it down a little bit. Like, I, I, I figure track one come out swinging, and that's what my track one is, but I don't know if I want to f- put throw my track one in after the Gil Scott Heron. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Joni Mitchell, Let's hear it. Case of yeah. You. I don't know what Brandon's talking about. There's only one. <laughs> He's full of it. Here, let me let me take track two. You have track three. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Same song. Well, I just, I just would say Case of You should go in third place. I I'm gonna. I think Gil Scott Heron was a great intro, but it wasn't well, as energetic as it needs to be. It's, I think you're the EP of he's, the 1971. Can, album, I, can so. I try again and see if I got it? No, no. Black Dog. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Is that what you were wanting? I, that's per, what, that's personally, a, I was going to go with rock and roll. Oh, but okay. They're both great Black picks. Dog, I, I just yeah. I love Black Dog. <laughs> I got it as number one. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, is that the one we want? Let's do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I, on. I, like I, don't this. Know, I don't know what just happened. I like this. I like the collaboration. Just, I think we so should discuss it, it. Are you officially changing your pick, Steve? No, my well, my pick's Black Dog. So if Brandon wants to, no, that's I, what I'm saying. So you're not know. picking Joni Mitchell. You're now picking Zeppelin. Yeah, let's just do that. I like it. I like and the collaboration. What do you guys think should be? I the mean, second? I feel like he yes. got pressured away from what his heart maybe wanted to pick. Hey, we're making okay. an album okay. together. We're making an album together. Brandon what does do you guys have the think? equipment for second track. For second track, should it be? I mean, they both need to be on the. Let's album. do Black Dog. It's true that the Gil Scott Heron is kind of a. It's a groovy kind of kind of vibe. It's not. It's not a. I, but I didn't know that's what, what you meant, Brent. I was I thinking yeah. that Black Dog was <laughs> another know. first pick. We don't know what. So Brent I didn't is know thinking. that the obvious choice. But I, I, I like the collaboration instead of just. All right, cast your individually. final vote, Ricks. It's your, uh, it's your spot. Sure, cast your Black final Dog. vote. Okay. Good job, Steve. <laughs> I got there. Welcome to 1971, Mother Scratcher, right? <laughs> Mother Scratcher. That's what we're talking about. Does that song remind you of the smell of gasoline? Am I the only one? Am I the only one? <laughs> My favorite thing you've ever said. 
I think the first time I heard that, some, I was outside and somebody Huffing was working on the car. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'm like, it's like you're summer huffing it or you're takes me summertime. Back. You're, takes me back. you're dunking tennis balls in it. And something. <laughs> Something's happening. Oh, boy. That's so good. Oh, wow. It's a great song. It's a great song. Um... Anybody surprised to find out that I don't have a single Zeppelin track on my list? Yes, on, on I'm the, surprised. On the ten I made? Get out of here. True story. Why? Is that, I don't know. I, because I've, just like, got I've already talked about I like them. Ze- yeah, I, guess I, I was trying to be a good podcaster, and I didn't want to... Uh, well, part of it's too. Like, I got lots of omissions, but I'm like, yeah, somebody else will pick them. I'm like, that about was that. my that was my whole thing. I, there, yeah. were, there were three major omissions. I thought I'll let these guys pick them. Yeah. Uh, am I up? You're, You're up. up. All right. Um, I choose David Bowie "Life on Mars" mm. from the album "Hunky Dory." I don't remember how, how Brandon. Where are you at on Bowie? Are you thumbs up or uh, just kind of uh, eh? Uh, I'm getting to like him more. It's it's just taking a while. I am to the point in life. I think I might even have this. Might be oh, I'm going to throw it out there. This might be my i might be uh, committing a crime i might have bowie past zeppelin but bowie's a genius i th- mm. i think he might be a space alien i don't think he's human um he's unreal this album hunky dory is an all-timer this is a lot of people consider this kind of his like one of his songwriting apexes he was i, I used the word before chameleonic he he um kind of adapted there's not real consistency to to genre uh, uh, of of his approach, but this is kind of him as a, a singer songwriter, and I love this song. It's about kind of a isolation. A, a lady gets stood up on a uh, on a date, goes to a movie by herself, and is like, "This movie sucks," and it's her and her thoughts contemplating if there's life on Mars. But it's a beautiful song for a third song. I think you want a little bit of a uh, ballad tone, and uh, I think Bowie brings it, and uh. I love the chameleonic. Let's, let's do it. It's nice. It's a god awful small affair to the girl with the mousy hair. But her mummy is yelling no, and her daddy has told her to go. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. Now she walks through her sunken dream. To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on Sailors fighting in the dance hall Keep going. 
<laughs> Whenever you want, man. Whenever you've had enough. We gotta, we gotta enough. be out of here by one, so come on. Let's, uh, no. I mean, I, I can play every one of these songs all the way through. It's That's, a, that'll be up to the listeners. It's a beautiful song. I love it. I don't have this anything else to one. say about it. Yeah. Um, anyone else go to the St. Vincent show last month? Caught her up in uh, Salt Lake City. She seems, she seems to be like the current. I, I think I think that's a good a good David comparison. I, I think she she There's embodies the, a lot and she combines a lot of styles of art with her music. I, I think it's yeah, a, a like good every comparison. album's different. But there's like that, that kind of theatricality, mm-hmm. like playing a part for mm-hmm. each one. But incredible musicians. Both. Yeah, yeah. The, the the thing I have a hard time with with again the, this idea of the seminal year and yeah. an artist like Bowie is like it's hard for me to land on something and say okay this is his best when right. you kind of just feel like man he just kept going and I like all of it. It's like with Miles Davis or. Elvis Costello, mm-hmm. or whatever these people that I really love, it's like I, I love all or most of it, you know. And, and I kind of it's hard for me to say, well, this is the peak. It's more a like great they year. Keep going. How about, yeah, well, this well, is yeah, one yeah, of sure. the I mean, great I'm, I'm, years. I'm happy to acknowledge that, but that's what I'm, I'm interested in. This whole this kind of case for '71 being the best year yeah. of rock or whatever. And no, every, I mean, just as an every artist, artist that released idea. an album in '71, that was their best album. <laughs> <laughs> no, no discussion. I, I need to spend more time with this Bowie. album. Album, but like, I just wonder. Like, I I don't know that I like it better than some of his. I, I don't disagree, stuff, you know? but I think it's like the prolifer- proliferation in the year. Like the the yeah. fact that so many artists overlapped mm. within this same year, I think, yeah. is a little bit of an anomaly. Like, okay. I, don't, I mean, there's other great Zeppelin albums, there's other great Stones albums, there's other great Bowie albums, but did they all hit in the same year on another? you know in another year and i don't know if that's if that's the case but I, i'm hoping we'll get into some of the um maybe less like well i don't know i'm hope i'm hoping this goes in some interesting directions yeah. on the b side well one one argument for this not being the best year is that it is the one year that neil young did not put out an album <laughs> ah, i know of his whole life. Af- after the yeah that's where that's where after next... the gold rush is 70 Harvest so 72. In, what was he doing? Just touring? So in 2022... He was listening to Hunky Dory. We're going to do another episode, and we're going to do why my 1972 Bowie. is one of the greatest years ever, because <laughs> there's a ton of songs I love and albums I love that came out in 72. Okay. Uh, so since I forced Steve to rethink his pick, I'll uh, I'll I'll take that, that one for you, since Case of You was also on my list. I think it fits as a number four track. Number four. Now that we've pumped things up, let's bring it down a little. Brandon clearly has a much, you know, more strict philosophy about what characteristics each track has to be. You know, <laughs> Brandon, so I'm gonna be well, Brandon to him. and Jason. Wait, what are, what about both, track they're five? Both pretty what, what about, I think they're both nervous about what are we going to do, and they're both trying to steer it a little bit. Like, I hope you guys don't mess this does, up. Does Jordan know what a banger is? Steve and I are sitting here like, <laughs> you guys are both sweating bullets over there. Like, Jordan and Steve are going to mess up our track order. Yeah. So here we go. Jordan Joni Mitchell, A Case of You. Just before our love got lost, you said 
I am as constant as a northern star And I said Constantly in the darkness Where's that at? If you want me I'll be in the barn On the back of a cartoon coaster In the blue TV screen light I drew a map of Canada Joni's album Blue came out that year. That's uh, also often talked about as one of the one of the great albums of all time. I'm interested why why that was the song you you leaned towards for her, Steve. Love is touching. Um, it's of, I, of all the songs on this album. Right. Every, every one of them's fantastic. Yeah, right. I, I love all of them. Um, I, it's it's kind of like one of those songs that's become a favorite of mine and Laura's, and it just it's kind of a it's a it's a sappy it's not sappy, but I mean it's just kind of a it's a it's a very poignant sweet love song, you know, somebody talking about how much they love somebody. So that's it's got a little personal thing for me. That's why I love it. Mm-hmm. And I I've I uh, I like the James Blake cover too of it and. That that kind of revived it for me when I heard that a few years ago, and and the Herbie Hancock one. I don't think I know the also Herbie Hancock yeah. one. Yeah, check that out. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a song I think about. Laura, Laura, if you're out there listening, she won't be. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she listens to every single thing you produce. Hey, every if, song, if every I ever snippet, had a every remix for her to listen, it'll be with this episode. You know, <laughs> letting her know she got a shout out. So anyway, but yeah, I don't I'm, know if I answered that very well. But I'm yeah. I'm with you on that song. Like I I knew that of of the Joni Mitchell songs, it's, it's got to be a case of you. I, something about it. It's like the authenticity that George's talking about. This is kind of one of the epitomes of that for me. And just the the arrangement of it is so interesting. It's not it's not like your standard folk song kind of chords. And she's playing the this weird instrument that she I don't know if this was the first album she used it on. I think it's called the Appalachian Dulcimer. Uh kinda like um I know it, it lays flat on her lap. She plays it like that. Um and yeah it's so minimalistic in a way like some other instruments come in halfway through that verse, but yeah. yeah, I love that song and the album. I had I had that song, but I also had All I Want. That's a, that's the first song. Yeah, and that is a classic. I didn't choose that as the first song for our record, but well, that we, does we both chose feel that for the seventies. 
episode. That's right. We did. Yeah. Very good. Very good song. Well, I'm going to go ahead. If we're ready to move on, I'm going to oh, go ahead. And, before we do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to have each of you share the names of your playlist that you made. Did, did you name them? 1971. Okay. Mine was 1971. <laughs> Not very original. So, so with somebody's going to see this at, at the record store. What's what's the album called? Well, we can make up a, an album name for ours together because mine. I just there was no oh. thought in mine. It was just okay. Well, well, Brandon, I I mean, go, I, ahead, go, I was, ahead, go ahead. Okay. A bunch was, of bangers. Yeah. I, tell Brandon, us what you want to. I insist. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. Go ahead. Give us your. your I drew name. a map of 1971. Oh, 1971. That was mine. The name of mine. <laughs> nice. See, see, Brandon's got, he puts a little more love. He like puts the extra garnish in. We're just like, here's some oatmeal. You know, here's the name. But All right, track number five, George. Track number five. We're staying in the singer-songwriter pocket with this. Uh, so Carol King is newish to me. I loved some of the songs she had written when I was in high school. I, I, I went through my, you know, I was listening to Roberta Flack, and I loved, there were certain singer-songwriters I liked. I liked James Taylor, you know. Um, but I didn't know Carol King. I didn't know her name. In fact, I think when I heard her name, I thought of like Janice Cat Perry. Like I thought of like some kind of like Mormon grandma who was writing, you know, church hymns or something. So I had no idea who Carol King was. And then she had written for a bunch of people. And then she had done one song, one album. I think this was her second album that she did of singing her own stuff. Um, and it's the album's called Tapestry. She was recording this, just a little interesting fact, in January of 1971, in the same studio where Joni Mitchell was recording Blue, and where Jane, not James Taylor, where the Carpenters yeah, were James recording Taylor. an album. James Taylor was seven blocks down recording oh. his Sweet Baby James. And I, I watched a little thing on it last night, and she was saying it felt like her and James, they were good friends, had already toured together. She said it felt like they were all recording kind of one big album together like her and James, because they were like trading musicians going back and forth in the studio. Anyway, this and is... They, they shared a few songs on it. They shared some songs. His, his fire, and, fire and Rain, she answered that with You've Got a Friend, and then he put that on his, you know, it wasn't on that same album, but he made that one famous. So the, the one I'm choosing from Carol King's album is not one of the more famous ones, but it's beautiful. And to me, it showcases her, her voice, which... You know, she was the background person as the songwriter, typically, and then she, but her voice is so, it's not like, um, it doesn't grab you in a way that's like, oh, that's just such a powerful voice or so unique. It's in some ways kind of just plain and mellow, but really comforting. And I think it fits with the whole authenticity, like you don't necessarily have to have the most unique voice, like there's an honest voice, honesty to it. So the song is So Far Away by Carol King on Tapestry. Um but yeah, let's let's hear it. So far away, doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? It would be so fine to see your face at my door. It doesn't help to know. You're just time away Long ago I reached for you And there you stood Holding you again Could only do me good How I wish I could But you're so far away 
so far away Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore So, mm -hmm. this, this album and this year and a lot of the music in this year just the word that comes to mind to me is soulful, you know, and the singer-songwriter stuff can, can go into pretension pretty quickly and kind of like that kind of stuff, but her stuff never hits me that way. It's like pretentious. It's just soulful. You could put this on between the months of October and, and January. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be appropriate every time. <laughs> I think and comfort, comfort music. Go ahead. I wasn't going to say something nice. You should probably go, Brandon. Well, you were, you were saying how... You didn't know Carol King until recently, but yeah. and I'm I'm same way. Like I never intentionally listened to her until the last few years, but almost every song in this album, I'm like, oh, she did this, mm -hmm. oh, and it's all on the same album. Yeah, you make me feel like a natural woman, which Aretha had already recorded, but Carol King wrote well, did, it. Yeah. Didn't they produce? Like, I feel a the earth move. It's too late. Musical on this album or something? Yeah, they've done a musical about it. Yeah, I I think time life music ruined really soft spoken singer songwriters from the 70s for me mm. i was raised on cable tv and they'd always have the late night commercials that i thought were so hilarious and so stupid oh and it was this and it would it be like songs this. by yeah. bread and stuff and it was like this is am gold oh my gosh and yeah. like th this type of song would always fit like right in there and i think somehow it like it it made me you already know I have yeah. problems. And, well, uh, you, we've got preferences. You've got, you've, no, but I think yeah. that ruined it for me. I'm play, so what I'm doing is I'm I'm calling out time 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 life for, time life for ruining AM yeah. Gold for you because yeah. for ruining all AM Gold. For <laughs> yeah. <me. laughs> yeah. So that's my that's our track okay. five. Track five. Stevie, you're up. I'll get out of your way in this one, Steve. It's whatever, <laughs> I'm it's looking to Brandon. I'm like, like you, can, you gotta Brandon, tell me what, what should I what, pick? What, what should I pick? What should a track six normally be like? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm feeling compelled to go, uh, a, a, you know, to have a little contrast here from the more introspective, intimate singer songwriter. Uh, and so, as I'm looking at my list, I'm thinking, Baba O'Reilly, the Who. Remember how these guys gave me such a hard time about that for even including <laughs> it in the seventies? A bunch of chumps. I, yeah, I, I was I was gonna let Jordan comment. <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs>
love how, I mean, you can tell they didn't use any click track on that recording. And Keith Moon's like, I don't care. I don't need to keep exact time. <laughs> you know, so I get up a little bit. We're the freaking who. <laughs> um, I realized Brandon did kind of, I think he planted this in your head. He was quoting lyrics from this in our in our text thread. He in, quoted it. In all caps. Was it you? I started it. Oh, and I thought it was Brandon. Brandon answered. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. never mind. You, you brought it in. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was already thinking about it. <laughs> I, I love, I mean, I love, I love uh, Roger Daltrey. There's just the sound of his voice when he comes in on that. And I didn't know, I mean, you know, this this apparently was meant to be a follow-up to Tommy, you know, some kind of theatrical rock opera that's talking about a farmer who's going to move to London or whatever, but then they scrap that, so it just ends up as a song on on the album. But, I mean, I don't know, how, how many kids, like myself included, just thought the name of the song was Teenage Wasteland until <laughs> we finally figured out what it actually was called and didn't listen too close, but it's just like, wow, what's that weird synthesizer <laughs> electronic that starts with? And then, wow, that strong voice. And then the weird middle section that's different and has a violin that happens. And which that's, that's you know, that's a lot that, that, that it's kind of a nod to pro- other prog stuff. Happen. This isn't, doesn't go so far in that direction as lots of other bands, obviously. But that multi section song, mm-hmm. uh, a longer extended instrumental section. You know, you got Led Zeppelin, you they, got... But they successfully Prague. incorporate that all into a popular song. Yes, they Eas- do. Easily yeah. consumable, as opposed to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer or something. Right. There, right. I have two things about this. One is, listening to it right then, I heard more, like, arena rock than I had heard in it before. Like, jur- I heard a journey, like, the dun, dun, dun. I mean, like, And then the second thing is... when Speaking we were, of arena rock... This is something different. <laughs> this is what is this? Scottish, Irish. And oh, you, how they you dance. Know, you know what this yeah. is leading to? Dexy. Dexy. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I was about to say this is Brandon's Planning jam right here. So, do you guys, have you guys heard of Mayor Baba? Mayor Baba, like M E H E R. He is. He was a spiritual guru from India. Who came across from, you know, and I came across him when I was doing some spiritual explorations a few years back. And, but I hadn't, I didn't know, because there was Baba is like a name for spiritual gurus. So there's a lot of them. But this, he was him, and then this guy, something Riley, who's a musician, were the influences for the song. But Mayor Baba has a, has a, there's like an organization of Americans in, in South Carolina on Myrtle Beach that, that it's like the, the Mayor Baba, like, foundation. Uh, but he was this guru who didn't talk at all, like in most of his years in America, and people would flock to him. And sometimes he would use this like little board to like send messages with with alphabet, with letters. But mostly he would just be silent. And he was supposedly the avatar uh, reincarnated of many beings, including Christ. And he was like the incarnation. And uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of bands and musicians during this time were doing this thing, right? Like they were, uh, they were like, <laughs> what is this? He, he just hit you with the word Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone was having their India your India cue. guru thing. Right. Like I don't know what was going on, but Yeah, well yeah, and the and the other the other namesake for the song Terry Riley. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's a American minimalist composer. Brent. In the underpass. <laughs> just decided. 
There we go. We got warm leather added. I got warm leather added. As far as the 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 arena courts, have you ever seen Pete Townsend? Like that's 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 what what he he does. does. It's a full windmill into a power cord. Like yeah, hit them, hit three of them really hard. I've never thought of of who as are the are they the the ancestors of Arena Rock? Are they the main ancestors? Okay, I never knew. I I know for a long time they had the Guinness Book of World Records loudest concert ever. That's I just remember that was one of the things in the Guinness book that for for years and years interesting is, you know the who so anyway that was their thing maybe that's why I've never been into the who because I'm not a big arena rock guy yeah I don't know I say give that album a listen that's yeah. a solid album mm-hmm. anyway who's next? I, I was leaning towards the the closer of that album won't get fooled again oh that's a great one but uh, probably just because I you already I picked that Bob one <laughs> I know. 70s run. I wasn't officially it's, a member of the podcast crew at that point, so I felt uh, like uh, I, I'm yeah. okay to bringing that detriment. in. Well, yeah, to, yet to be determined. <laughs> we didn't hit our stride. Until Which year was the best year of the Let the Music Be Your Master podcast? Oh, <laughs> oh, great, great question. The golden year, you know. Great question. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, go ahead, Jason. Take it away. Sick. Don't mess up. Spot six. Yeah, or seven, 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 spot seven, lucky seven. Everyone knows. At this point, I'm just trying to see what we need. I was going to. We need a lot, but I guess we got a whole B side as well. Um, Here's what we need. Ooh, don't try to steer us, man. Do your thing. You're oh, gonna try. To... I am, pal. <laughs> I know. I know which one we need. Nope. The question is if uh, you're going to pick the right one. No, I guarantee I won't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Uh, go, family affair. Sly and the Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Off. There's a riot going on. I'm not going to name them, but there was. There's a string of four or five very social commentary, socially aware albums that can stand kind of side by side in a really, a really interesting listen around what was going on kind of uh, culturally at the at the time one child grows up to be somebody that just loves to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn mom loves the both of them you see it's in the blood Than the mud, it's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family Have we had any Sly and the Family Stone on the podcast yet? I think so. I think yeah. I, yeah, I think I threw them out during funk. the funk 
episode. Um, they're really interesting. So they started off, it was like, it was almost like idealistic funk. Like the album before this is Stand, it's got everyday people on it, which is, it, it's like a very positive view. And then there's a really dramatic change in tone from Stand to this album, where this album's called There's a Riot Going On, and it's it's like Sly Stone's kind of, I think, disgust at, at the lack of change that's happening. And then simultaneously, Sly Stone is dealing with his own demons of addiction, and so there's a lot of like psychedelic influence on this album. Um, really cool, has some interesting stuff to say. I think it's still it's still relevant today. But a uh, great album, start to finish. This is probably one of the, the highlight pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And Sly Stone, he's a, he's a musical genius guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hear him talked about as often as like Stevie Wonder and Prince. Right. And, but it seems like he fits in with that, like that multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, and I, I think if he could Crossing genres and all that kind of stuff. If he could have avoided some of his own personal demons... He he maybe would have been talked about, spoken about like that, but mm-hmm. he he had I think some pretty um, self sabotaging behavior that uh, that kind of complicated yeah. at least his ability to to produce the same amount of of content that somebody like Stevie Wonder did. Did any of you yeah. see that um, documentary? Soul? Yeah, Summer and yeah, Soul Questlove. that Questlove made. Yeah. There's some incredible slight Stone mm-hmm. footage, incredible Stevie Wonder footage there, too. But. but they definitely talk about him and contextualize Sly as, like, he was, he had come aboard, and everyone in the scene was like, oh, this guy's, this guy's leading us. Like, this is the guy we're all, like, trying to catch up with. And then he fell on hard times, and it just didn't really... It seems like both, both he and Stevie Wonder were kind of leading the uh, the Moog mm-hmm. and the synthesizer, experimenting with with new kinds of sounds and yeah, really interesting stuff. Yeah, that's a great track. Just the the so background good. mix, groove, vibe, so I, interesting and subtle in a way. And then the female vocals with his just just a great. I mean, for some reason, it made me think of like diggable planets. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And just uh, you could think of other. I think the Male, Black Eyed Peas kind of sampled that yeah. before they turned into the Black Eyed sellouts. But they, <laughs> when they were like when they were cool, remember when they were cool for a minute, Jason? Like in the, <laughs> they had a, they did have an early two thousand moment where they were pre yeah, they, credi- they were like credible. They were underground hip hop, alternative underground hip hop, like um, sp- spoken of in the same circles as like Jurassic Five or Dilated yeah. Peoples, and then they they ha- they just, added Fergie. It was a very immediate sellout. It point, was a very but- it was very much like we can go in this direction and make you a ton of money, <laughs> or we could you could stay here and have street cred. And they're like, let's make some money. Wait, how well, much money did you say? <laughs> and it worked. You know. So uh, was that Sly singing on that one? Mm-hmm. And they had they had his, a, a big band. Sister? Uh, I don't know what the relation is. They, well, it says so. It's it says made Sly up of the Family Stone, singer songwriter <laughs> Sly Stone, and his brother, singer guitarist Freddie Stone, and sister, singer keyboardist Rose Stone, yeah, and a bunch be. of other I, there's people at least no relation. Seven, seven or seven or eight of them in the lineup, mm-hmm. and I think it was a kind of a. The you first, might say it was a family affair. Was it? it was it? The first I major, think it was or, actually a family affair. It might have been. <laughs> Nice. All right. All right. And segue. Here we go. Track uh, number eight. The last track of the A side. 
Don't mess this up. Or should it be the first track of the B-side? What? <laughs> So you're gonna put one more track on this B side than you are. Are we gonna, are we gonna do like the do fade? That. Are we gonna do the fade out and then it fades back in on? Or I could do I could I could take number eight if you want to track take track one of the B side. If you're if you're jonesing for a track one because I already had one, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with a track eight. Um, ooh, in an unprecedented mm. move. The the opening track on the B side is important, like that. A it lot is. of times, that some for some groups that's and, their and Steve their, and I have no idea what for that some is. Groups, so that's that guy, like their lead yeah, single. We have no concept. So I'll do track eight, and then I'll give you okay. track B. Okay, okay. Um, for track eight, uh, yeah, maybe this could be a number one on a B side, but I have no idea. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just put it on track eight of the B. You're just I'm going to go Jordan. with Janis Joplin, who died in October of 1970, just a few weeks after. Recording this. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. So, uh, released in 71, but uh, me and Bobby McGee from Janis Joplin. Me and Bobby McGee. From her album Pearl. The thing that I love about the song is how it builds. So, you know, if we go for a little bit, then, then you know, let's fast forward. Is there a part that you forward. want to start at? Let's start at the beginning and then listen for a bit and then... Oh, it's a great build. I agree. Great yeah. crescendo. It's a, a human using their voice as an instrument. Yeah.
Yeah, we got a, an extended play yeah. of that. But yeah, it's. Uh, I remember hearing that probably again in high school and feeling like, I think goosebumps, but also scared. And I haven't really listened to much Janis Joplin. I think I'm a little scared of how much raw, raw woman power there is. You know what I mean? But uh, she she just it conjures up the idea of the the star, the famous kind of artist who just. There's something unbridled yeah. about unbridled. How, You're not surprised she died at 27. Yeah. You're just like too much energy to contain in in a life. And yeah, anyway, that's a cover, by the way. That's a Chris Christopherson song. That's right. You yeah, wrote that for yeah. Roger Miller. It's a country song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then she made it her own. That, she that's made a, it her I own. look at that kind of like I look at respect. Like um, right. that, that's a case of 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 a female artist taking a song written by a, a dude and just ripping it from him and saying this is mine now right mm-hmm. <laughs> so she and Jimi hendrix died within a few weeks of each other I'm, they had i know they had been lovers because i in one documentary that documentary by uh was it mike myers that did it that was about shep okay, the, the agent did you see that oh. <laughs> He talks about coming. I didn't he talks about see being it. in L.A. Superman, yeah, yeah Superman. He yeah, talks about documentarian pulling a guy after, off of a woman. He thought he was like abusing or raping her, and it was pulling Jimi Hendrix off of Janis Joplin. They were having sex by a pool at this like uh, L.A. Uh, hotel where all these like artists lived and stuff. Anyway, that was an interesting story. But they both died, and it's the whole twenty-seven, age uh, twenty-seven yeah. mystique. But yeah, so that's that's our side B wrap up. I don't know if you guys I'm, want to say more. I'm glad you picked up. that. That Janis was good. Joplin. Good closer for side B. Perfect side choice. Side A. Side A. For side that's A. Right. Yes, that's yes. right. Thank you. So Brandon's going to start us off. Wow, with, I got with, a glare from with Steve side over B. There. <laughs> Get your letters well, straight. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you picked uh, Janis Joplin too because it's one I felt needed to be included. But I did. I'm not familiar enough to. I felt I'm not either. I, I just had that song, song to, and I was like, no, I wasn't going to include it. I wasn't going to. There's include a lot of great songs on this album. Yeah, Move I just Over felt great. Like it needs to be there. Mercedes Benz acapella. Yep. Um, I wonder too if just going back to the '71 thing, if the death of those two was part of like all the music that came in the next year was like everyone's kind of grieving and dealing with these musicians who died i don't i don't know but it seems like it makes it you know when a musician dies their music becomes especially when they die young it becomes even more you know kind of impactful somehow this episode about the bounteous musical blessings from 1971 will be concluded next week thank you for listening to let the music be your master cheers and joy to you all I'm going to go to the hospital.